Hello and welcome to Down Syndrome Radio. Uh, my name is Mark Owens. I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, uh, Rick Kosmowski and Jason Koski. Uh, we are the Downright Awesome Dads. We're here to tell you about uh, parenting uh, children with Down Syndrome. We have a, a super fantastic guest here for you today. Uh, this is episode 14, I'm told, and uh, it is this uh, November 14th, 2012. Don't, don't push it to December already, man. I know, oh. I know, I know, I know. It's going fast enough. So, Rick, tell us about the new cosmonaut, man. Oh, thank you. Um, his name is Logan, and he is a big boy. So uh, <laughs> today is actually his seven-week birthday. And uh, Kayla, who is six, now has a little brother. And uh, he's awesome. He's fantastic. He just does the sleep, poop, eat thing. And... Uh, just been an awesome addition to the family. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty cool. So he's hanging out with me tonight while we're doing this. Awesome. And, uh, big sister's sleeping, so. Oh, I want to hear some, some crying, man. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll hear, you might hear something else. So it's beautiful to hear, to hear your child cry because if it gets annoying, I can just turn it off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anything awesome. else, anything else to report from your neck of the woods, buddy? Well, let's see. We just had um, we had a really great um, October. So we uh, we had the baby, and we had uh, uh, Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and uh, we have a thing called the Buddy uh, Boardwalk Buddy Walk, which is in Rehoboth. So before Hurricane Sandy and all that craziness, uh, we had a great uh, walk on a boardwalk with a, a thousand or so people. It was absolutely fantastic. So uh, things are going good, and like you said, the holidays are right around the corner. I can hear him in the background. He's saying, hold me up to the microphone, Daddy. (laughs) No, don't disturb him. Uh, How about you, Jason? How are you doing? Uh, Doing pretty well. Fall fall has officially rolled in in San Diego, and with it, um, you know, sickness and colds and runny noses and coughs and all sorts of things. The the Koski house is is a mess right now, but... um, Otherwise, we are we are uh, doing great. We we also had our buddy walk, um, and it was another another awesome awesome day. Um, we had about ninety or so people on our team, and and we raised um, we were the top team in San Diego for fundraising. We raised uh, over eighty five hundred dollars. Awesome! The um, top team this- in San Diego, dude. That rocks. Yeah, it was great. It was it was super fun. You know, we, we, we had we had the band again, Euphoria Brass Band. They were they were excellent and really made really made the event something special. Um, this year we got smart and, and asked some local businesses too to to give us some stuff for our, our little post walk party and and we got free beer from the Coronado Brewing Company and free coffee from Twigs Coffee House and bagels from Big City Bagels and Dexter didn't get any beer uh, did he any what Dexter didn't get any beer did he almost (laughs) you know it's pretty close when there's those little red cups all around and uh little kids crawling around on the ground it's Mm. it's always questionable what what happens there was definitely fingers in in beers at, at some time so, so I probably got a little taste. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, all right. But um, yeah, it's great. You know, I mean, it, it, just doing the walk every year is, is really it just makes it just it feels so great and just 
reinforces my faith in humanity. We, I mean, we we just kind of asked all these people for stuff, and and they're just you know so willing to to help out and and give, and it's just it's just great. It's just it's just awesome. Life isn't great. good enough just living in San Diego, but you're also raising a ton of money and helping everybody out. That's just fantastic. Hey, it actually was was overcast and misty on our buddy walk day. So Oh my god. So we did not have a perfect weather, but it was it was actually almost better cuz last year it was smoking hot and and almost too hot. So well, it was nice this year. Well, mine must have been earlier than you guys because I talked about mine on the last episode, and that was at least 2 weeks ago. Yeah, ours was um October twentieth or something like that. I think. Yeah, my must was yes. just just before the last episode. Must have been the thirteenth or something. Well, I was in a, I was just in like a sleep deprived stupor, so I don't remember. Yeah, everything. really. So, uh, how long did you stay out of work, buddy? One week. One week. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and the rest awesome. of the time, you you were working double shifts essentially. You know it. Uh, bummer, dude. Well, down down here in Richmond, everything's fine. Uh, you know, we're in our kind of fall schedule. I love the trees. I love the temperature. A nice walks outside. I don't mind the fact that it gets dark earlier. Uh, you know, Halloween was fun. You know, we're back on Down Syndrome Radio. We got a fantastic guest. Um, oh, one other thing I wanted to report was uh, Kim is the reason Kim isn't here yet is that she's. Um, She's putting out some feelers for doing the um, the learning program here in, in in Richmond. She had some other moms that were interested, and she's kind of doing a little a little test sharing of that. Oh, that's I had, cool. I had to print some of those books, and they were laminating. And she had a few other moms that she was with tonight. I don't know if she's rolled in yet, but uh, uh, she was going to cover me for the kids. That'd be and, fantastic. Uh, I'll take a ride down for that yeah, class. There you go. There you go. Uh, we'll do it. We'll do it via Skype, man. Be cool. All right. Well, are you guys ready to introduce our big guest? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Excited. <laughs> As am I. As am I. Uh, <laughs> our guest today is uh, Susan Goodman, JD. She's uh, um, the, the, the Director of Government Affairs for the National Down Syndrome Congress uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, we met at the conference uh, where she gave a great presentation on uh, uh, legislative adv- advocacy. Uh, there's a lot of very pertinent, very timely information that she's going to tell us about and uh, get us all psyched up. How you doing, Susan? I'm doing very well. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, what do you want to talk to us about today? Well, I, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what the purpose of having a governmental affairs person in Washington is and the importance of families in in the work we do. Um, should I go ahead? Sure. But actually, Speaking but, of that, yeah, why don't you tell us about your, your family first yes, and how you got yes. involved in, in this whole whole business? Okay, well, I got involved many, many years ago uh, when I, uh, when my husband and I had a, a child with autism. And as much as you hear about autism now and, and how um, widespread it is and, and how much money's going to it and all the publicity it gets, that's how much you didn't hear about it back when my son was born. It was... People couldn't even identify it. It was a very low incidence disability. Um, they were just 
starting starting to recognize the syndrome and um, in the 19 uh, well I won't say the year but when he was very young he started going to a school that was only for kids with autism well uh, I got involved in advocacy at that point uh, by going through uh, a lawyer that was conducting due process hearings for parents uh, asked uh, a few of us other parents to come and kind of support the parents and show strength to the uh, officials that they were, you know, uh, to whom they were trying to prove that, the, you know, that the parents knew what services were the right services. So from that, I got, uh, I got really got interested in the law, and it was at a time when there weren't a lot of women in law, but I was really interested, and my brother was a lawyer, and I figured, well, there can't be that big a range in our intelligence. If he could do it, I could probably get through <laughs> law school. And so I went back to law school. I had three children at the time and became a lawyer, but always... Uh, with the idea that I would be doing disability rights when I finished. So when I finished law school many years ago, um, uh, I represented parents in what is now called IDEA, which I'm sure you know about, uh, IDEA uh, due process hearings and took on a variety of um, disability rights issues and was active in national autism group uh, there was only one at the time, if you can believe that. And through those connections, uh, uh, I was asked to uh, come to Washington and work up here. And I accepted the offer. My family moved up here. And um, then about 12 years ago, uh, uh, NDSC asked me to come to work for them as their uh, governmental affairs person, and which I enthusiastically accepted because I had already made up my mind that the only after several different experiences in in you know throughout my career that I was only going to work for a parent organization and believe it or not NDSC was one of the few parent organizations in Washington DC and still is really just pure parents and so that's kind of how I got to where I am now and you also have other children, is that, is that correct? Yes, I have children who I'm sure are older than you guys are. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I also have a granddaughter, interestingly enough, who was born about two weeks uh, af uh, before. Who was it? Which one of you just had a baby? <laughs> Rick. Rick, uh, just about two weeks before your son was born, Rick. So, um, uh, Cool, congratulations. Well, yeah, congratulations, Susan. Yeah, same to you. And... Uh, so that's where I'm at with, as you can tell from my picture, I'm not near, I look much, much younger than I actually am. So <laughs> in any event, so that's how I got where I am today. Well, good, because I think it's important for people to get to know you. I mean, uh, you represent us over there. Uh, you do a great job. I mentioned person, but uh, I think, I don't know, you're a, you're a real person in our, in our society. So, uh, you know, good to good to hear about you. So, so let's talk about some some things we need to get fired up about. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna kind of start off uh, at the very beginning, and what I'm gonna tell you is, I think you know, probably uh, the a majority of your parents have young 
children or a lot of your listeners have younger children and and they're receiving uh, uh, infant and toddler services or uh, preschool services or regular IDEA services. And uh, I remember when my son was small, I I thought about his the services he was getting uh, at school, and that was all I thought about it. I mean, I used to have some kind of nagging doubts deep down about you know what he would grow up to be, but at the time I was sure he would grow up to be president or something great like that, so it didn't really matter. All that mattered was that I was going to get him these terrific services right now. and. Parents are focused on that, and young parents, parents of school-age children, and rightly so. That's absolutely what they should be focused on. But I, I like to uh, give people information that, you know, they may not be thinking of, but that they, you know, they should be thinking about, or eventually they're going to think about, and maybe they'll think back to when they heard about that. A million years ago and um, uh, see how important it really was or is but and so I guess all that leads me to say that having a child with a disability any disability down syndrome autism any kind of disability really does require a lifetime commitment and uh, you don't just have them now, you have them when they're adults and of course you love them as much then as you did now uh, or as you did in the beginning, you love them as much 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later but uh, you, and you're hooked to them in a way that you're not necessarily hooked to your non-disabled children. So what I'm saying is it, it's a lifetime commitment and Right now, what we're interested in, we might not necessarily be interested in 20 years from now. But one thing that we know for a fact is that most parents envision their children, and you especially should be envisioning this for your children, that they will have opportunity and choices that, that everyone has, that every other American has. And uh, you want them to live in their own home, I think. Uh, you want them to work. You want them to, to have access to a quality education. Um, you want them to have all the opportunities that they could possibly have. And we know that people with Down syndrome and all disabilities are capable of much more than we thought they were 30 years ago or 20 years ago or even 15 years ago and a lot of our laws have been uh, uh, kind of updated to reflect those expectations but those laws don't always necessarily get implemented in the real world or in practice. So uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about and you know feel free to ask me questions or interrupt along, you know, as I go along. But the first thing I want to talk about, I, I guess I'll ask your, you three gentlemen, what are your children getting services, infant and toddler or preschool or regular education services? 
Rick, my daughter's in uh, first grade, so she's getting it from the school. Okay. And and uh, my son is four, and uh, he has left the early intervention and is part of the school program now. Oh, okay. And I have one. I Jason. Am, am I here? Yes. You're here. Can you hear me? Okay, sorry. I was muting because I was coughing, and oh, I'm not sure. I can't find my screen. Anyway, um, <laughs> my son is, is only uh, 20 months or so, so we are receiving regional center services from uh, California. Okay, so you're getting um, uh, infant and toddler probably right yes. now. Okay. Yep. Okay, so uh, those services, uh, all three of you are receiving services, as you know, uh, under different parts of the Individual with Disabilities Education Act, that is IDEA. And, and, and honestly, I, we, have, we have you to thank for that. So there you go. Seriously. <laughs> well, I've, I've been around that long, but I'm not sure you have me to thank. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying that the, that the types of services we receive are the result of the activities that you have performed over the last, you know, couple of decades. Right. Yeah. Right. And well, I want to say we're thankful for that. Well, uh, good. I, I'm glad because, uh, uh, you know, we did it. You know, a lot of us who have been involved in advocacy for a long, long time don't really, we do think about our kids when we're up there, but we don't really. We're thinking about all the kids, and all the kids are going to be the, come behind that and how to make life better for all of them. And so, uh, you know, you know that your children are entitled to a free, appropriate public education, and you know that you're you have a right to have them included in their regular classroom if you think that that's if that's what you want and you think they will benefit from that you have a right to a plan that's based on their individual needs and this is where parents get confused a lot of times it's not on what the school district says we're offering uh, we're offering speech services. We're offering uh, occupational therapy. No, it's not what you're offering. It's supposed his plan and the services he gets are supposed to be based on what he needs, he or she needs, according to their own uh, to a, a an evaluation, a functional evaluation, not a paper and pencil evaluation where you sit and and write answers to questions or, you know, somebody records those, but what they need in different environments. They show they need in different environments. Sometimes you need to remind them what the I in IEP stands for. That's right. That's right. Not a cookie cutter. And and, and another thing, uh, parents say, um, uh, I asked them for that, and they said, we don't offer that at the school. Well, no, not true. if he needs it, you're supposed to offer it. It's hard in this time of limited funding for schools, you know, I must say. So, you know, what happens? You know, what, what do parents really have for that? I know I'm, I, may, I might be derailing you, but, you know, when they say something that's not right, and you say, well, that's not really in compliance with the law. And, you know, my only recourse is to not sign the IEP. And then I suppose, you know, then there's a little bit of stress in the room or whatever, and we say, okay, we'll meet again or whatever, uh, you know, you know, my only recourse, I suppose, is to go get a lawyer. Is that true? Well, uh, well, you ask for a hearing. Well, um, 
or I mean, there's different procedures you have to go through, but that is why the people who wrote uh, IDEA, which was called the Education for Handicapped Children Act of, uh, a million years ago, uh, wrote in these due process requirements to give parents the opportunity to go to a hearing if they disagreed. It's, it's easier said than done, and it's become much harder in recent years. Uh, now you have the opportunity to go to mediation, uh, but you also have uh, a lot of good advocates out there who aren't lawyers, so wouldn't you know necessarily cost you a lot. Uh, um, lawyers cost money, and I know that. I I was a, when I did these, I didn't make any money because you just couldn't you you couldn't possibly charge parents for the time you actually put into it. They are so time intensive. And it's gotten even worse through the years because school districts have gotten much more powerful and in Congress, uh, and and they've been able to lobby and get the kind of changes in the law that have made it very difficult for parents to uh, go through a due process hearing. Well, the, the the other part of that is, you know, your child's going to be in that school, so you don't really want to create an alterca- an altercation and a tense situation either. So, you know, my wife and I have been faced with this. I wouldn't say we've been, you know, in, in, in knockdown, drag out brawls or anything, but sometimes we don't agree. And, I, I, you know, we're, we're kind of saying, oh, we're not going to sign it or whatever, but we don't really have a lot of teeth in, in our negotiation with them. Well, I mean, that's right. I mean, and that's a real problem. I mean, unless you're really willing, I mean, not willing, but unless you've made up your mind that you are, if you are not getting what you want, you're going to go to a hearing, you know, a lot of times parents choose not to do it. Well, I must say there are things to fall on your sword over and there are things not to fall on your sword over. I mean, if you really think, I mean, a lot of the cases we hear about whose the schools absolutely refuse to include their child in a regular classroom. Well, a lot of parents feel very strongly that they want their children included, that that's the best thing for their child. That's something we're big on. Right, and that you know they're going they're going to go to a hearing, but you know schools resist that, and you know the truth of the matter is if they're going to do a lousy job at it and they're not committed to it, it's not going to do you any good anyways because right. they're going to do a lousy job at it. Right. But, but you, uh, I mean the P. I know a lot of people who have been able to work with their school district to get what they want. And, uh, you know, and not gone to hearings. They haven't wanted to go to hearings and they haven't gone to hearings, but they've had to fight and just keep fighting and and stay with it, stay in their face about it. And it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. I'm not going to, um, you know, say it's not. It's even though I'm a lawyer and and I, I, you know, uh, that was primarily my line of work when I was uh, representing parents, you know, it's not for everybody. And it's a very, very hard thing to go through. In fact, I went through it myself. When my son was 18, I we had a due process hearing. And I I was had to have been the worst client on the face of the earth. I mean, I just, you know, I had to leave at one point. The whole process was so upsetting to me. It, and it's not that it had, you know, it's not always that way. But you know, I wanted to do that. He was in, he wound up being included, and so it all 
all worked out for the best. But it that was the, you know that was a while ago, and it's harder now to get what you want. So sometimes you have to compromise and 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 not fall on your sword on every issue, but be willing to stick to your guns, have the data that you need, and you know. Uh, know what you're talking about and um, uh, go forward with it. All right, well, I, I derailed you a little bit with that, so, you know. Okay. So, anyway, but one thing the that's been added to the law recently, which I love, and a lot of my uh, colleagues and friends who have kids with Down syndrome and other disabilities is access to a quality curriculum. You know, way back when, it was just, it was enough to... Um, just have them, we felt like, in the classroom with the other kids. Didn't matter so much what they were doing or, you know, whatever. But now they actually have to have access to the same curriculum the other kids have access to. So uh, even though it may be modified and, you know, an eighth grader in an eighth grade class may have a very kind of advanced course on it, something on electrical currents or something like I don't know I don't know anything about electricity but um, uh, and the you know the, the child with a disability would have modifications so would have not such a sophisticated uh, lesson on electricity but they would still have access to the to the same curriculum and have the opportunity to learn the same things that uh, non-disabled kids are learning. Uh, another uh, an important issue right now, and I don't know how you probably your kids are too young, I think, but is the um, uh, requirements about taking an alternative assessment. Have any of you guys heard about that? Re a regular assessment or an alternative yes. assessment? Okay. Yeah, we actually uh, talked about that a little bit. Okay. So. Well, a big, uh, you know, a kind of a, a showdowns going on now because um, uh, we want kids who are taking an alternative assessment to, to have the opportunity to earn a high school diploma if they if they pass the requirements and uh, you know our our kids with Down syndrome are showing us that they can do remarkable things and we can't say that necessarily that they're not going to be able to uh, earn a uh, high school diploma at the age of six and put them in an assessment that's going to give them access to nothing but a lousy curriculum for the next, uh, you know, 15 years or so. So we're saying that they have, you know, they, we, they have the right to a quality curriculum no matter what kind of assessment they're taking and that, um, and that they should have the right they have the right to the same opportunities as everyone else does. So Susan, does that come via a, a new law or a bill, or is that? Oh, uh, that's under. How do, how do you? How are we approaching that? Well, that actually comes under the No Child Left Behind. What was called No Child Left Behind, and the and the name for the whole act is the Elementary and Secondary Education Act, and that act is due to be reauthorized this year, or that means it needs to be passed again. Uh, it expires, it needs to be passed again. And one thing they did with No Child Left Behind, a lot of people don't like it, uh, parents of kids with disabilities, without disabilities, that it requires accountability on the part of the, the school district. 
But the states, as you can probably guess, want flexibility. So they don't want such strict standards of accountability. And hopefully this year, uh, Congress is going to be working on reauthorizing the Elementary and Secondary Education Act. And um, what I can say is just look for our action alerts on that. We NDSC sends out action alerts. It tells parents exactly what they should do <laughs> and when they should do it. So I got, uh, I got one recently. Which is it was excellent. Wonderful. Yep. What you should do is if you're not already on it, uh, you should and tell people to get uh, uh, subscribe to our news line. Okay, everyone, it, subscribe to the news line, NDSC action alerts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's NDSC at NDSCcenter.org. Yes. Pause your podcast, sign up, and then rejoin. NDSC at NDSCcenter.org, is that right? Right. Right. So I have a I have a question about that. The the a lot of these action alerts, uh, you know, I try to take the time to to do what they say, but most of the time there's like a template letter that you send to your congressman or or whomever. Um, you know, and I, I just I, I always do it, and I just question if that has has impact. If everyone is sending the same letter, it's it's pretty obvious that you know you're copying and pasting it. But, but but does it really have an impact? Just the volume is is, is what you see. Well, what you should which what you sh- what you should be given when you get these letters is a, a paragraph to personalize it. I mean, right. the letter should include the facts and what you're asking for. So just so people are clear on it, but it should be personalized. Like a, I am the parent of a four year old son with Down syndrome. I live in blah blah blah, which is in your district. Um, uh, you know, my son goes to blah blah school, and you know he has two brothers and sisters, and whatever. It should it should be personalized. But do letters and phone calls and faxes count? Absolutely. Sometimes I think it's the only thing that counts because guess what? The each letter means at least one vote. Yeah. And they are. When we had our day on the hill uh, this summer, we all went up to Capitol Hill. I, I can't tell you how many meetings we actually got with senators and congressmen, which is in Congress people, which is very unusual because you, when we go up there, the staff go up there, we get we get a uh, meeting with the staffer. Well, that's okay because the staffer is usually the one that knows anything, and mm-hmm. and they talk to their, you know, their uh, their boss. But uh, these people really care about when their constituents come out. They count the votes. They count the letters. They count the phone calls. And that's a big part of what I'm trying to tell people is when you hear that you should do something, please don't underestimate how important that is. And get everybody you know, get your networks to do it because it's just crucial. So I, I, I did one recently. It wasn't the one you just sent out. It was one through my local group that came out. And they had the templates there, uh, and I used them. And I wrote like an intro paragraph that was uh, it was a little blunt. It was like, a, you know, vote with your heart. You know this is the right thing to do. <laughs> don't, don't think about the spin. Think about my son, you know. And I included his picture and everything. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's it's great. I did get some yeah. sort of response back, and it was a little bit form lettery. It was like, you know, thanks for telling me about your specifically mentioned my son and his name, and thanks for including his photo. 
but it's still the email response seemed like seemed like they had done what I did. Like they had a set email that they, you know, they, they, they tailored a little bit to each response. And it probably was done by a staffer or whatever, but it felt like, you know, somebody actually opened it. Absolutely, and and yeah. don't don't let the tone of the response, uh, 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 you know, diminish the impact that it had going in. I mean, that's just very very important. And I can't tell you what a big impact it had mm-hmm. having all of us trops up there to Capitol Hill. I mean, we did great. Yeah, and they see it. I mean, it's it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's email, it's on the phone, letter. You know, what is most comfortable to you and fits in your life. Uh, the best that you can make that impact and say something uh, during that particular time for that action alert. And if you can't take enough time to customize it, use what's there. And if you have time to customize it, do that too. But really get your voice heard. That's and, right. Uh, make sure they can see that and know that they're hearing from, you know, Rick Kosmalski in Delaware. Uh, that's important. I agree. Yeah. You, you know what else uh, I added? I also have a very good, very good experience with, with customizing, um, a letter and sending it to to our congresswoman and um i got a great response you know an offer to stop in anytime um and so you know i actually just emailed her back uh just before the buddy walk to see if she wanted to be on our team and um i got several phone calls back from from staff people telling me that she had a prior commitment and couldn't come but that you know she would she would try to send a staffer and i was gonna she's gonna send something in the mail um, I haven't received it yet, but um, you know her her office is actually on our way to the local park that we walk past almost every day, and um, I've been meaning to stop in with a uh, downright awesome shirt for her just because of the great feedback that I've gotten from from just writing these these simple emails to her. And that's great, Jason. You're keeping the relationship going. You know, you're keeping that yeah. idea in their head. They know uh, about the local Down syndrome uh, organization and. All these little uh, updates and tweets and phone calls just keep it fresh and keep the relationship with that office and staff. Best thing you could possibly do. Now, let me not get away. Now, I know my time is going fast, but I I, I just want to briefly mention, because this is we're talking about lifetime commitment here, and I want to talk a little bit about programs that support real lives for adults with disability, not just because you you should everyone should be thinking about that, but because it is so important right now. I mean, everyone has heard all this talk about fiscal cliff, going over the edge, uh, you know, uh, spending cuts, tax hikes, and these what they're talking about now is going to directly impact all of the programs for our kids. If sequestration, I'm, I'm sure you've all heard of sequestration, actually goes into effect, there's going to be an 8% decrease in funding for uh, discretionary programs. Now, one of the, discretion, the discretionary programs you guys are most interested now in is education. Now, imagine <laughs> having the school district budget cut by eight percent i mean that is a big hit that's going to real because they aren't exactly overspending on special education services right now so um uh you know those are that this is really really important stuff the other thing is our kids are in as adults i bet i don't know if any of you knew let me just ask you this question how many of you ever thought about Medicaid in relationship to your child? 
Any of you? No. Okay. Do you know that Medicaid provides all the long-term supports and services our kids need as adults? Money from Medicaid. And and who are they? Who are the senators and the congressmen? What do you hear the most about cutting now? Medicaid. Medicaid. If they if Medicaid is cut, it's going to have a devastating impact on our kids' ability to live independent lives in the community uh, with the support services they need. Now, when you know, almost all kids with Down syndrome, kids with Down syndrome can work. They can live in their own places, but they have to have some kind of supports. It's just not as easy as it is for me to send my my non-disabled son and daughter off to go live their lives when they graduate college and support yourselves and don't bother me anymore. Call me, you know, to talk once a week. Uh, you know, my son who has a disability needs support services in the home and support and and very minimal amount at work because he gets a lot of support from his coworkers. But um, uh, they do need support services when they get older. And right now, at this moment, almost all of that money comes from Medicaid. And so as we are really, really involved in what's going on with these uh, discussions about uh, spending cuts, tax increases, we are up there all the time talking about, please don't do anything that's going to impact services for people with disabilities. And that's the message we've been giving. We keep giving. There's no way we're not going to take some kind of hit, but we are going to take a hit. And so that's where our advocacy efforts are focused right now. That's the only thing that's really going on here. There's a few other things. But uh, that is the big major thing that is going on at this moment. Uh, and our kids are, what they do is they, they, when they turn 18, they can collect SSI as a cash benefit. Um, and collecting SSI entitles them to re, right now to receive Medicaid, which entitles them to their long-term support services. So, um, uh, you know, just about every, you know, Everyone takes it. Uh, you know, most people, most adults, I know very few adults with Down syndrome that aren't on SSI and Medicaid. And they're on it not because they want to live off the public dole. They want it because they and their families need it for their lifeline. Uh, are there any service, any questions on that? Uh, just, um, you know, how that one links to the... Um the, the ABLE Act, and, you know, I think that whole long-term Medicaid and SSI recipient had some triggers to it as to how much money you could earn or whatever that would uh, 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 get you kicked out of services. And what was that threshold, and how did that work? Okay, under, under SSI, you can only, you can only have $2,000 in assets, so, which means then if you're... It doesn't affect your kids as children so much. Right. It, does, it doesn't really affect them till they become adults and qualify for cash benefits unless 
unless they have, a, say, a grandparent or a great aunt or a great uncle who leave, leaves them a pile of money, say they leave them fifty thousand dollars, that would they would not be able to um, qualify for benefits. And what they could do is, uh, well, I'm not going to talk about what they could do. What we, what they, what they tried to do. There's a couple of um, uh, a couple of ways you can go with that. There's a such thing as a special needs trust, uh, which is which is designed so you can put money in a a trust and uh, that is only for the what your child needs, you know, to support your child with a disability, and that is excluded when they count assets. Okay, so, right, so, so, so in other words, if my son has a, uh, a special needs trust and it has $50,000 in it, and if he was on SSI and therefore Medicaid, the, the $50,000 in that special needs trust would not count. Right, so it would he, not, it he would could, not he disqualify could, from him, him from services. Would not disqualify him from receiving his cash benefit and the Medicaid services so, he needed. So, and, and, and this is a topic for a whole other episode, as as I mentioned before before the before the show. But, uh, I, you know, I, I have one of these set up, and I have told you know my parents and 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 my wife's parents or whatever about it to make sure that you know nobody accidentally with good intention leaves him a pile of money not that any of my family has piles but you know two thousand dollars is not that much so uh, is that something you recommend people do just while we're on the topic is to not is to at least warn family members not to list them as a beneficiary or whatever well unless say you can you know you can put it they, there can be a provision in my father had a provision in in his will where if you know any any money that would uh uh, left, you know, the, for my son would go into, would go uh, you know, a trust whereby he would, would not disqualify for him for Medicaid and SSI from the cash right. benefit program. Right. Now, the ABLE Act also, which hasn't passed yet, which we're advocating for right now as we speak, um, uh, would also allow you to set up a, an account and the money that was going into that account as long as uh, it was used for, you know, special needs related to the disability, um, uh, would not be counted as assets. So that that that's another way to do it. There are there is one. Uh, uh, Able has a Medicaid payback provision, whereas if. You know, when the child, God forbid, you know, grows up and dies and whatever, any money that was spent on Medicaid service has to be paid back to Medicaid, whereas the special needs trust doesn't have a provision like that. Right. That's if there's any money left in the account. Right. Right. I mean, as a taxpayer, that's kind of fair, you know. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so how, the other... How, how, does oh. it, how does it work when they have a job? How much money can they earn? I mean, how do you have a job and just they just have to make sure they spend their money such that they never break two thousand dollars? Well, it, well, then there's there's also an income test. They can't, they can't. And this and we really start getting into some complicated I'm stuff sorry, here. I but the, but there's uh there's are uh in SSI you can earn more than you know the poverty level if you can prove you're using them on certain expenses 
Okay, so like uh, if you're, um, oh, you know, there's, um, they're they're excluded from uh, counting as income. So in other words, if if I use the part, if I use special provisions in SSI, my son maybe depending on the state could earn up to twenty thousand dollars, whereas the per- Federal poverty level is about eight thousand, so um, um, that's how it works for SSI. So you can't earn more on SSI, uh, but you have to be really, really careful with it. And a lot of people just don't go over a certain amount with their earnings. You know, when you're doing this, you really have to talk to people who know about how to use work incentives under the Social Security program. Hopefully, by the time you guys, kids, get up there. We'll have all this changed. Okay. So people well, aren't wanna, penalized. We, well, we, well, people we aren't help. penalized for working, and people aren't penalized because you know for having assets or owning a home or something like that. Keep in mind these pros, SSI and Medicaid were designed as poverty programs. So to get on it, you had to be poor. Well, when they expanded those programs to people with disabilities, they didn't change that. You still had to be poor to get on them. And uh, that's why, you know, Medicaid gets the, a wrap as a poverty program so people don't pay attention to it. But I, I'm glad to hear the administration, at least, you hear a lot of, at least, you know, we, I was on a, White, on a White House conference call today and they were talking about you know, Medicaid is vital for people in nursing homes and families of, of kids with disabilities. I was so happy to hear them saying it because unless you middle-class parents think that these programs apply to them, they, we all do the same thing. We tune it out if we're, you know, we tune it out. So only by realizing that these Medicaid losing, right now, losing huge chunks of money out of the Medicaid program is going to mean the world to adults with Down syndrome who are relying on these services. So that's why it's so important right now. And I've probably gone way over my time. Oh, relax. So, you know, what we want to do <laughs> is is we want to mobilize the troops. It's good stuff. So that, you know, we can be a part of the changes, which are going to help all of us, all of the kids. Honestly, it's not our kids that I worry about so much because I know, you know, we'll we'll take good care of them. But there's kids out there that are in, I don't know, families that don't have as much. So they really, really, really depend on this stuff uh, more so more so than hopefully my son will have to. So, uh, yeah, we need to mobilize the troops, Susan. That's well, what, that's what let, I want this to be let, about. Mark, let me just say one more sure. thing because uh, I've had this discussion with uh, some of the people, you know, who, um, you know, over a lifetime, you figure that support services for adults, right now, the average is $50,000 a year. Now, how many parents can afford over their lifetime to fund their adult child services for 50 years or however long at the cost of $50,000 a year? When you think about that, you, you realize how important uh, these public programs are and the responsibility that society has to support people who can't fully support themselves 
Nobody has a, not many people I know have a spare $50,000 a year for the next 50 years for their child with a disability. And no, so just think, think about that when you're thinking about public policy and how important it is to be involved. Well, what, you know, one of the things I think about with that $50,000 is that, you know, the more of these, uh, of these adults that uh, get, you know, regular jobs, I think it's, you know, because I met some at the conference. It was kind of the first time I had met some, to be honest. And they were so proud and so much happier that they had some, you know, the ones I talked to that had jobs. And I think that that, that must help with the $50,000, but it must also make them happier. So it's a win-win. So whatever incentives are out there that are against the kid having a job seem to me to be, that's what we need to fix. Well, we and we uh, we were employment uh, is one of our main issues at NDSC is jobs for people with Down syndrome, and uh, and they you know and and they should be able to work to whatever level you know possible, and if that's not full time and you know for a salary of sixty thousand dollars a year, it's whatever they can do, and they need support to be able to do that, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, that's what I'm all about. Yep, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about, uh, Susan? Before we pop on to the next uh, phase of our program here. Well, you could you got me going. I could go for another two hours, but I think you don't have time for that right now. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. My uh, uh, my computers tell me I have four thousand seven hundred forty five hours worth of space left on my hard drive. So. <laughs> uh, if you want to fill if you want to filibuster, that'll be fine. Well, this was a real pleasure for me, and uh, you know, I hope the word gets out there and people realize what an important role that they play in. Uh, in change. Well, in, unless you got somewhere to go, stick around. You can listen to Rick's uh, story of the week. Well, Rick, any other time I would, but uh, I, th- I I dare say it's past my bedtime. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, we could do some plugs, at least. I mean, uh, Susan is Policy Updates on Twitter, at Policy Updates. Oh, good, good. To get updates and there. I have a Facebook page at uh, it's NDSC Governmental Affairs, and I, I could and I lobby for likes. So anybody <laughs> wants to come and Fantastic. like it. <laughs> well, you, you, you just got three <laughs> at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So the bo- bottom line is is subscribe to the news line and do whatever it says and spread the word. Do whatever well, Susan tells you to. That's thank what you I learned so much, tonight. guys. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Okay. Thank you, Susan. Thank you All very right. much. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Rick, what do you say? <laughs> Susan is awesome. She is a spark plug, and she is always great to listen to. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I was serious when I said that stuff about uh, you know our kids have what they have, the services they have because of people like her. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 some and some of it really is just her. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I bet, you know these are people who are. I guess you know people will be talking about as like legends later on, and you know there's there's a there's a whole bunch of them, and we're really lucky to have her. Yeah. Uh, here to just uh, hear that stuff. So, well, you talk to awesome. people like her makes me want to make sure I do my part more. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive story to go back to school with three kids and become a lawyer and just that whole path is pretty impressive. 
we keep some uh, we keep some pretty high flutin company our company here on the uh, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. I feel feeling, like a feeling slacker. pretty feeling <laughs> pretty I humble. I sit here, here in my bedroom and record like every two weeks. Right, right. <laughs> ah, you do more than that. Oh, I wanted to thank you for, for the shirt, by the way, too, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Oh, it was a pr- thank it, you. I got I got several compliments on it, and I got a picture taken of Luke and I each wearing ours, but I forgot to send it to you. And it's awesome. incredibly comfortable. <laughs> It's great. They're very yeah. They're very comfortable shirts. They're really yeah. soft. Yeah, there's something. something I like I, the three quarter sleeves too. Though it's like a good length. I was looking at the tag to see if I could you know say hey whatever whatever this material is Kim buy me these kinds of shirts. <laughs> uh, okay, that's awesome. You can, you can buy your own shirt at uh, downrightawesome.com I slash set, store. I set you up. Buddy. Nice. There you go. That was oh, that was a good one. <laughs> I, st- I still have to grab mine. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, what do you say, Rick? We want a story? Yes, sir. Okay, live story this uh, week. I love the live ones, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if instead of reading one story, if you could give like the, you know, just a summary of, because you usually got like, you know, eight or ten of them up there since the last time we recorded. Sometimes more. Yeah. Well, there's this really, this this is, I'll give you the background and I'll give you the story too for this one because this is kind of like an interesting topic. Um, people are talking about it out there online and on the Facebook pages, and it's uh, generated somewhat from, I think, Glee, where it may have been the case in the past, but now there's more publicity around uh, high school students with Down syndrome who are being recognized with homecoming king and queen honors or prom queen and king honors or uh being recognized in their high schools and something you may not think about that much but it's but it's happening and uh i just before we went through this uh on the internet there's at least at least just me looking 37 different instances where uh there's a prom king or queen with down syndrome in high schools and uh i don't know it it seems like a high number i don't think i would have guessed 37 uh just going right out to the uh internet but it's just showing people are, are more open and being accepted, and I think it's a great thing um, for people in high school to, you know, have that experience of being homecoming king or queen. Now, there's, you know, people are also asking, you know, how are these people, how are these students being treated every other day in school, and they really should be uh, embraced on those days as well. Um, yeah, you know, and there's just a little article out there today who has a resp- a fellow student, a peer of a girl who was just. Um, selected as homecoming queen uh, wrote and, I, and that's just one thing I want to touch on today so uh, I'll read it to you real quick so everybody can hear it in case they you don't have access to the website or have seen this article um, but uh, it's about a, a young woman named Mary Margaret Burns who has Down syndrome in high school and she's this year's homecoming queen at West Feliciana High School um, so this is a response from a girl who was on the homecoming court with her. Uh, And this is what she said. Um, I'm also from West Feliciana High School, and I personally know Mary Margaret, along with, uh, she was on the homecoming court with her. All of us on the court wanted Mary Margaret to be crowned queen. We talked about it all the time and look forward to stepping onto the field Friday night and getting to witness such a beautiful girl and a dear friend be recognized as homecoming queen. She is beautiful. You should go, go to the website just to see the picture alone. Check it out, yeah. It's it's a great story. Um, oh, I didn't mean to I didn't her. mean to stop you, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. No problem. Couldn't wait to see her reaction um, and the joy that would soon be filled. Uh, she was deserving of the crown. We all knew she would win before it was even announced because she's 
evident in our school. We all love her to death and care for her very deeply. She is so much fun to be around and talk to. This is what it, this is what it really comes down to here. She was not chosen because of her disability. She was chosen because of the huge heart she has and the ability to make everyone smile. When she comes up to you and gives you a hug and asks you how you're doing, it automatically puts a smile on your face. And everyone in our school knows exactly what I'm talking about, uh, is what this girl's saying. So she wasn't chosen because of her disability. She's chosen because of who she is. And she is included in that environment at school. So I think, I think that's the real takeaway here um, that... You know, I, I think it's one of the hopes for me is is to have you know my daughter be embraced and um, uh, be just a part of that high school experience or grade school experience, just like anyone else. And I, I think now more than ever that is happening. So uh, that's the story of the week. And congratulations the ones to that uh, say, Mary Margaret you know, Burns. Except for the ones that say prom queen, because I don't know about your daughter, but my daughter's not dating until she's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, hey, uh, we also um, got uh, written up in uh, Down Syndrome Association of Greater Richmond's newsletter as well. We got a, uh, a plug there as well for our uh, website. Excellent work. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Because, you know, that's one of the top, you know. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not that big. It's a, good, it's a great association. but Okay. Um, what's next, buddy? Oh, uh, moments. You guys ready for some moments? Sure, not really, but let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we can we can all make a wild guess what yours is, Rick. My awesome moment. Wow, well, thinking maybe <laughs> you know. I got to tie it back to the to uh, to Kayla too, though, right? So I I got I have this awesome no new rules, sign. Buddy. So that that is an awesome moment of the week, but or a moment for me. But um, also, it's with Kayla and her interaction with him, and you know, it, it's great. I mean, you're, you're seeing two little kids uh, getting to know Kayla, understanding. You know, she's she's been by herself for six years. Now she now there's this little boy in the picture, and you know, oh. she's she's liking him on her terms, and uh, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I still want people to come play with me, you know. And she, it's it's just it's it may the moment is just you know, really just I think uh, you know. Just seeing her saying, okay, let's move on over here and play with me. You don't have to see him all the time. What's so special about looking at a little boy? He's just sitting there sleeping all the time. So, ah. uh, you know, she's she's singling people out and pulling them away as soon as she can uh, away from the baby. So it's it's pretty cute to see that happen. Uh, how's she doing with school, buddy? First grade's a big step. So, I mean, that's, it seems like it's happening. I didn't know. I just, you'll get, you start seeing this every year, you know, you're like, wow, this next grade, this is going to be a big step. Wow, this next grade's going to be a big step. And we go through this adjustment period for the first couple months. Um, you know, the, the, you know, people, new teachers getting used to the way that your kid learns and the way they perform. And um, it really, uh, it always is really nervous and tense the first couple of weeks and it gets better and better as you go. Or at least that's been my experience with it so far. What, what, um, what is her level of inclusion? Uh, she is, uh, there are three kids with IEPs in her class of 26 kids. So she is the only person I think with a identifiable disability by looking at her. But but she spends the whole day in the classroom with all the regular kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, uh, she has, has um, she has she has, still has you know PTOT speech, and I think she has 
um, pull out in small groups uh, for some of those things. Um, but at most, uh, you know, everything else is happening right there in the classroom. So uh-huh. it's going really good so far. Um, she, you know, the inter- the neat thing we're talking about now is, and with IEPs, before you go head into the year and you're like, oh, how's she gonna get this? How she's gonna accomplish this? And they put all those goals in the IEP, and you're like, wow, they look really sh- tough. And then you get there, and sometimes those goals are are not that bad, and you're like, man, I think we really doing, we met a sandbag on some of those. Yeah, and you know, you're ready shot, to go back man. into the school because the school's saying, hey, look, she's hitting them all. We don't have to work any harder, you know. But right, like, so well, they send her home. We need to adjust that. <laughs> Sorry, she completed all her goals in November here. <laughs> she had a she had a goal of uh like reading cognition of twenty five percent of the words that are presented to her, right? So she's getting scores on these tests, reading like seventy five, fifty, forty, and Amy and I are like, Oh my gosh, she's only getting like a fifty or a forty or seventy, you know, and then they're coming back to us saying, Well, she's only supposed to get a twenty five. Like, well, does that really make sense? Do you really feel like you guys are pushing her? So that, that you know, that's just those are the kinds of things that you, you don't really think about going into it. But then once you get there, you're like, oh, okay, you know. And it's just a, it's just a, it goes back to a relationship with you and the teachers and working through these things as you find them out and adapting and you know, it's just it's an ongoing process. It's there's not really any time to just you know uh, sit back and let it happen. You need to be involved. All right, man. Well, I can't see any problem with her learning to read too quickly. That doesn't sound like a right. That sounds like the kind of problem I need to have. <laughs> right, everybody, go back and listen to our episode on apps. That's right. So you can get your kids reading a little faster. You think they read? Okay, I, I I go back to Dana Hale and the learning program for any reading that we have going on in this house. Uh exactly, exactly. And there's an app that matches that. That so. stuff. That stuff is working for us. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Uh, all right, Jason, let me go next. You're still thinking. Um. Are you ready? Whatever I can, I can go. I, I have several things bouncing around in my mind. Um, the the first one is um, we have recently damned the law and uh, turned Dexter's car seat around so he's facing the front because <clears throat> I'm not sure when it happened. Eloise, the the law changed sometimes between Eloise and Dexter and and. Um, so she turned around at at one year old, but at some point they decided that wasn't safe enough, and so uh, the, the new rule is two years old for turning around facing front. But we just got sick of of staring at the back of the car seat and and using not being able to to ha- make eye contact during right, to that. Engage with them, right? Yeah, it's like it's such a, it's such a you know a, a good time to to just talk or sing songs or or something and you know we, we did that when he's facing in the back but but just to have that eye contact and see right. his reactions to things and stuff it's it's so much better and and it's only been like not even a week since we did it and it's just it's just great i mean i, I think it yeah. makes you a less distracted driver yeah, yeah. well yeah uh, at first uh, it wasn't because i just kept looking back there at him while we we're list- singing songs and watching him uh just you know clap and wave his arms and dance around and do his little booty shake in his seat and stuff it was it was really fun to watch um and, i'm right there with the, you with the rules I, it sounds like you can never sit up front ever again if you're a kid <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's just not happening yeah if you're 18 then you can sit up front. pretty pretty soon we're going to be driving the cars in the back seat <laughs> they only they only make back seats that's it right <laughs> 
Hey, when my uh, son Alex, when he was first born, I drove a Jeep Wrangler convertible that did not have an airbag, so he would sit in the front seat, but the fact that he was rear-facing didn't matter because it was even better for eye contact. Oh, yeah, that's true. Nothing like driving around with no top on, being able to see your infant son. (laughs) Yeah. I traded that sucker in. I traded, yeah, I traded that sucker in on a minivan, so you know, that was that yeah, was the, that know, was the end of the good times. I'm sold on minivans. I, I we we went up to Orange County with some friends. Um, I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before for a for a friend's birthday party, and and I mean we had two families of four piled in that thing, four kids, four car seats, you know, four adults. And, you know, we rolled up there in style and, and had plenty of room in the back for, like, some strollers and just random stuff that we brought. It was it was awesome. Minivans are awesome. It's like driving around in your living room. All right. So I have a yeah. totally un- unrelated plug for you, Jason. you got to watch uh, Swagger Wagon. Have you seen that yet? Is that, like, that's a, is that a YouTube video? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I have. I think I have. If if it's the one that you're talking about, I think I have. Yeah, been there. Okay, it's pretty funny. It's like based on some sort of rap song, and they're talking about how great their toe to Sienna is, or something like that. Right. Yeah, it's a riot. Yeah, totally yeah. sold on the new man. I'm trading in my car as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm the one that pushes for a minivan in my house, and I mean, my wife is totally against it, but. Um, I don't see the bad thing. I mean, easy to open a door, easy to reach in and out. Yeah. Once, once you go minivan, you never go back. TVs? <laughs> yeah, TVs. The new Honda Odyssey has the TV splits in the middle so that half the car can be watching one show and the other half can be watching another. Oh, my God. That's great. Well, <laughs> no more front seats in minivans, too. It's going to be awesome. That's right. We're all going to be sitting in the back. They're going to be remote <laughs> control driving based on the front-facing camera. All right. Well, there you go, buddy. You got any other moments? How's the Dex man doing? He doing anything new? He's doing pretty great. Um, a little bit sick, just like yeah. uh, all of us here. Um, but he is doing really well. I mean, he's really doing great in preschool. I, I'd really like to, um, you know, get him going. It's only two days a week right now for half a day, and and I'd like to really like to to push that up even more because I think it's really it's really had a great impact on him he's got some more words more sounds um, yeah I was going to ask how he's doing with talking pretty good just still you know um, straight um, sounds like I mean he I don't I don't know if this is new since our last time but he's he's gotten the papa down so I am now officially papa papa Jason which, you which chose is, which the is right what marker. I have been yep. for for Eloise and and Dexter, Dexter didn't catch on to that for a little while, but um, so now we're Papa. I'm Papa, and and um, yeah, he's got a couple words that that he says very well, and um, you know, I think we're I think we're gonna we're gonna make a um, a communication board or something along those lines, some some flashcards or something in the next week or two because it seems like. Um, He's getting a little more just frustrated that he can't communicate as well. He, we have sign, you know, signs down. He's got a lot of signs down. They're they're, they're actually really good, but um, but there's some frustration, especially just in the last couple of days. I think he's getting some some teeth, another set of teeth coming in too, and plus he's just been sick, so he's just been a little bit more frustrated recently. And I think it has to do with with partially with a 
you know, the, the struggling to communicate now with us. He knows what he wants to, what he wants, but he can't convey that fact right now. Well, you know, my, my moment's kind of similar. Uh, you know, we've been working with Luke on, uh, talking. I would say it's his, probably his kind of his trailing thing. If anything, uh, receptively, he pretty much gets whatever you say, but he, he went through phases like that, Jason. He, you know, he had individual words that he got and then he had that frustrated phase, but then he had enough individual words where he could tell you what he wanted with one word, you know, toast or mm. cereal or whatever. And you could tell that he wanted cereal. Well, you know, that's been a year or so or more on that. And, you know, we really want him to move on to the next level, which is, you know, stringing words together. And we've been pushing for that for, yeah. I don't know, a year anyway. And mm-hmm. he, he, he he has a tendency to, if you try to tell him to say a phrase, he kind of runs them all together. So it just sounds like one jumbled word. And, yeah. you know, we tried the pacing board and we tried different things or whatever. Um, but he's starting to get, you know, two-word phrases right now. Uh Here's what I did. I'm, I'm gonna play my little my little soundbite I played to you guys before. Hang on a second. This is this is this is Luke. Although I, I did have to edit it to sound like this. Hang on. Oh oh oh! I thought I was playing when I hit that. <laughs> Why can't I play it? I guess I can't play one while another one is going. Rats. Mm. So is he sa- he's saying a bunch of other things along with the word that you want to say? Is that kind of what's happening? So you, it's like. It's like Luke talk, and then he says the word you want to say. Because that's what we had a lot. Like Kayla would like, you know, she'd say something, and then she'd say a bunch of jumbled up stuff, and then she'd say something. Um, he, has, he, has, he has two things where he, he when he gets fully functional, and he just wants to just get through, he's, you know, he gets frustrated. He'll say one word things and point or, you know, go pick out what he wants or whatever, and he can communicate that way. You know, like if you could play charades and you could use individual words, it'd be pretty easy. Right. Uh, but then there's times where you could tell he's trying to say a sentence, and it you can't you can't get what it is. It just sounds like babble, and it's frustrating. And once in a while you'll you know you'll kind of crack the code. You'll catch the last word, and you're like, oh, you're trying to say this. And then you know we'll go through with them to to spread it out and 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 get them to say it. And just get them to slow down and say yeah. what you're thinking, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it works really well with I want because you know he wants I don't know. Uh, uh, Cheerios or whatever you know if he just says Cheerios and you say no you gotta say I want Cheerios then he has incentive he knows he's not gonna get any Cheerios till he says, <laughs> till he says what he's gonna say so it'll be like I uh, and you know and it just comes out pretty good I, I'm frustrated I made this soundbite with him saying Down Central Radio and I can't play it and record at the same time oh well I will uh, uh, mp3 that and play that in the next in the next episode but uh yeah, he's 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 doing pretty well. I, I had I was going to share with you guys. I had I had kind of a down moment uh, this past week, and it I don't know why it bothered me that much because I'm sure this has happened to you guys, and it, it's happened to me before, and it didn't bother me. But for some reason, I was at the we we're at the movies. I took all three kids to see Wreck It Ralph. Uh, enjoyed it. Loved taking Luke to the movies. Uh, he was in underwear the whole time. We had no problems. Uh, we were. It was afterwards, and we were playing on the. Um, the video game machines. He likes to sit in this chair for the car racing games, you know, and he turns the steering wheel. There's no money involved, and he sits there and plays them or whatever. Well, he was playing with another child who, to me, was obvious that the other child was younger than he was. The other child was a little more verbal, and, you know, Luke didn't really didn't really talk all that much. Uh, he's, you know, even when we're out, he's even shyer than he is at home. So, um, 
you know, the mother was there as well, and we got talking or whatever, and she asked me, she goes, so, so how old is your son? Is he two? And, you know, Luke's four, so, uh, uh, you know, the woman, she obviously she didn't mean anything. Uh, she was embarrassed. You know, I said, oh, he's, oh, he's four or whatever. I, I, I had one of those moments where I wasn't sure if she knew, uh, you know, that he had Down syndrome, and it just kind of caught me that, you know, my son is behind, and I, I don't know. Those, like, those things used to happen more often, and I was guarded against them, and they didn't bother me. But this one just it kind of blindsided me, and it kind of ruined my next couple of days, to be honest. Yeah, so that was my that, down moment. We've <laughs> <laughs> been there. Those, those, those will continue to happen. Too. I know. You know, so you just have to know that that's something that's there and be ready for that situation when it happens. So, but I, have, I, have those, I have those still. Definitely. And Kayla's small. She's small for her age. So, you know, she's six, but she's not. She's the smallest person. Or one of the, probably one of the smallest kids in her class, so yeah, it's it's easy for someone to baby her or, or make that kind of a take that kind of approach. So, well, and you certainly can't blame the person who makes a mistake, because you know mm-hmm. I, it, it's certainly not their fault. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. It's not all puppies and rainbows. No, uh, it just brings it to light, and that's what makes it you know feel. Crappy. Yeah, well, anyway. yeah, well you got to share those real experiences though, because everybody goes through it. So that's sure what I was thinking. To this, you know, I was thinking, your, you know, relate like, to that, right? Maybe there's other people who'll be like, oh yeah, that happens to me a lot. Or I, you know, we talked in the first couple of episodes, Jason, about you know when people see, particularly with infants, you know, they don't know, you know, or you know, as they get older, and I don't, it depends, you know, I don't know how perceptive the person is, you know, what your child looks like. I guess uh, some people have more or less of the features. But, you know, you, you you find yourself in situations where, you know, should I just break down and tell this person? Because I don't think they know. <laughs> yeah. I never know what to do. I'm not trying to make the other person feel uncomfortable. I want whatever's going to make everybody comfortable. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I'm right there with you with that one. My wife is like, she knows. Of course you know. Everybody knows. And I'm like, I don't I wouldn't know. So, I don't well, know. You know, men, I don't know about you guys. I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus. I'm not very perceptive <laughs> on things like that. I'm really not. You know, I'm not good at telling how old people are from what they look like. Uh, I'm no. not even after my third child. I'm not good at saying, okay, well, she's in kindergarten. She should know this, that, I, and I don't. I, I can, still can't do that. I don't know what they're supposed to know at what certain ages. You know, another a situation that's similar to what you're talking about, but it's not directly, you know, about or shouldn't be anyway about our kids is when you hear the R word in a conversation or something like that. And we had a, a, a experience this week where. Uh, on Facebook, uh, my wife just you know sent a comment to someone who used the R word on Facebook, and just you know just tried to say hey you know, people are reading this and you support us and try not to use that and uh, ended up being unfriended as a result of it. So um, you know <laughs> wow. and, and you got to think about that with people and uh, you know Amy Amy's uh, you know wants to speak up and make sure people are aware of things. Um, you know, so that's to put it out there. Other people, you know, she got like a, a zillion likes about the, uh, you know, her saying, hey, someone uh, defriended me because of me just talking to them about something. But, um, you know, it, it's another thing that's just a tough thing to uh, address yeah. and make catch you off guard kind of thing. So, yeah, I had this guy uh, uh, about a month ago talking about <clears throat> his band and he was trying to come up with different names for his band. And one of them was something, something short bus or whatever. And, you know, I guess in popular culture or whatever on South Park, you know, that maybe that's funny. But, you know, obviously, if you're you're one of us, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I don't know whether to, you know, 
beat the guy up or just say, you know, he's just being a regular guy. You know, it doesn't, it obviously doesn't matter. And like I said, most days it doesn't bother me, but this weekend I just, I just got blindsided. I don't know what it was. It did. It messed me up for a couple of days. All right. Well, I want to think of something nice to say after that downer topic. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can spend a whole episode on that. Oh. So okay, I'll I'll I'll, tra- I'll share a cute story to try to make the whole thing. My my son has yep. moved from Thomas the Tank Engine to Chuggington. This is essentially the difference between I don't know uh, PCs and apples. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's still a train. It's still a train that talks. But he likes to sing the song that goes Chuggington. You know, whatever. And I've changed it so when it's time to go to sleep, he's Snugglington, and we sing the Snugglington song, and that that's what gets him to go to bed. So there you go. There's my cute story. That's yeah. good. <laughs> hey, to 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 kind of go back to the other thing. Sorry. Uh, about a, go, a feel good part of that is uh, that the whole Ann Coulter thing. I'm sure you guys probably saw that, but the but the response by that um, self advocate with Down syndrome was was just awesome. Awesome to read. Awesome to hear him read. And then he was on one of those CNN talk shows too. And, and it was, it was really great to see him, you know, step up and not be hostile to her and not, not, you know, be angry, but to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a person I'd like to be your friend. And it was, it was very well written response and very well done way more measured than I would have been if I was confronted with Ann Coulter in person. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, anybody got anything they want to plug before we uh, round this baby out? Buy a shirt. Support uh, research for uh, DSRTF. uh, Downrightawesome.com slash store. Because we know you guys are at at downrightawesome.com all the time. It's at the top. Mm -hmm. It's on the bar. It's an awesome shirt. I'll, it is a good shirt. I have several that I need to ship out. We are, you know, since since we first posted it, it's it's the orders are dwindling a little bit, but uh, we're still getting some orders, and and we we have yet to uh, to meet our our um, fronted cost, but uh, you know, <laughs> I was gonna ask, is it, is there your own money in this? Yeah, it is. There's but, a, there's uh, a no, de minimis yeah. below which you actually personally lose money. Is that right? There is a limit. Yeah, well, we—I I don't think we'll lose money. I mean, we'll just keep these shirts and use them every year, right? So them and keep using them. <laughs> Why is this Koski family always wearing the same shirts? <laughs> <laughs> we sure have lots of them. Uh, we should use this for this is like the uh, Buddy Walk Strategy Podcast next thing, you know, on how you build your team and your stuff, dude. If anybody could talk about the strategy, it'd be you, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so buy a shirt, a, right? New pink thing every year so there you go yeah, same thing <laughs> so so buy a shirt uh, uh go to down syndrome daily and uh and, yeah. and and read about the lovely miss oh yeah about, mary margaret about, uh, mary uh, margaret prom prom greens and green the ann coulter uh, responses on there as well and i saw that uh, anything else you guys right, want to yeah. follow up on so yeah i was not referring to someone with down syndrome right yeah okay well that just means somebody else. anyway i'm not gonna get into that uh, and I want to make sure we replug um, Susan's things. She said, uh, you know, to she wanted a like on Facebook. 
uh, and that uh, what was I, I thought I wrote down NDSC government Thank affairs. You. Thank you. Oh, yeah. that's on my other page notes over here. Yep. And uh, you, at and policy you, updates for Twitter. At policy updates. And you guys are good. You guys will write and, this down. Yeah, yeah, definitely get on those action alerts. So everybody sign up and get that. The biggest thing you can take out of this podcast is to take action when those action alerts go out. That was the whole reason I did it. I mean, seriously. It's like, uh, you know, if you don't vote, then you're, then you're uh, um, part of the, of, the, of the population doesn't get, you know, doesn't get considered in making new regulations. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to be vocal. Get to know the people in your local government. They're going to be the future senators and uh, Congress people in your area too. So get to know them, and uh, they know you. And you're going to be there for a long time, and you're going to need their help. So it's a big right. piece. Very true. All right. Well, uh, you know we are the downright awesome dads. This is episode 14. Uh, what was I going to say? You can find us on uh, iTunes under uh, Down Syndrome Radio. And you can find us on the web under downrightawesome.com slash DSR. Uh, I think that might be it. What do you say, man? I should play some music now, huh? Great job. I might have already used this one. But it reminds me of kids being born, and that reminded me of you there, Rick. (laughs) Thank you. Just walk down the street to the coffee shop. Had to take a break. I'd been by her side for 18 hours. I would like to be in the room when Susan tells her children that she's on a, 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 po- a podcast on iTunes. <laughs> Pushing up Fantastic. the concrete. Like it was planted right there for me to see. The flashing you guys have any, um, the from Sandy? And the shadow uh, I did. of that hospital. Yeah, we're okay in uh, northern Delaware. Southern Delaware got hit pretty bad. Is Delaware big enough to have a northern and a southern? <laughs> is that like is that like you're in the other county? Which state's that in? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, in Virginia, we're so big, we can have western and eastern Virginia. And, you know, Carolina, they got north and south. Oh, Delaware's going to get in. My kids got two days off of school, and all they did was rain. I was furious. Someday we're going to get in trouble for using that. George Strait's music or whoever's music. (laughs) Without permission. Sorry, George. Got my face pressed up against the nursery glass 
She's sleeping like a rock My name on her wrist Wearing tiny pink socks She's got my nose She's got her mama's eyes My brand new baby girl She's a miracle I saw God today All right, gentlemen, have a great week. All right, you too.